Bill and Bob's Bracket Busting Bonanza. I'm Bob. I'm here with Bill. Hey, Bob. We are back with the East region. If you're staring at a bracket, it is the bottom left region, um, right underneath the West. Uh, Michigan is the number one seed in this region. Uh, let's get right to it. Um, if you're listening, I'd say start with the West. Uh, if you want to jump right to the East, that's fine too. All right. But uh, yeah, we recorded the West. Uh, we will be doing in order of West, East, South, Midwest. Uh, so this would be the second of four. Uh, number one, Michigan. They were the fourth number one, uh, the only number one to not win their conference tournament. Um, they are facing in the play-in game what I view as and Ken Palm views as the two worst teams in the tournament, Mount St. Mary's out of the NEC. Uh, sorry to all my WAG fans out there. Um, unfortunately, Wagner, one of those teams who I think needed the home court advantage, uh, won their regular season and just couldn't put it away in the conference tournament. They will face Texas Southern. And then the bottom half of that pod, LSU, uh, who made the um, SEC championship game, and St. Bonaventures, uh, the A-10 champions, and certainly no slouch. Yes. Um, I think Michigan gets the number one, and I think we, we discussed this last week, but I think based on the, the strength of what they did over the course of the season, um, you can't really fault them for a couple losses late in the year, especially the teams they started. They played now for the third time, Ohio State. Um, I think I'm relatively certain every team that Michigan has lost to, they've also beaten. So that's something to, to be said. I mean, something in boxing at least. Um, but, yeah, I think Michigan's completely deserving of this number one. I wouldn't have had a, a, a huge issue, um, I suppose, if you wanted to talk me into um, – uh, late Ohio State or uh, or um, uh, or like in Iowa, but it, you know I think Michigan is is clearly heads and shoulders above them uh, as far as the work they've done for the year. Not necessarily in an individual game, but um, as far as the entire season. If Ohio State had won uh, and beaten Illinois, maybe you could have that conversation. But I, I don't think it's uh, particularly relevant. Yeah, I think the biggest question here is. Uh, the availability of Isaiah Livers, um, they're, I believe he's a senior, um, but they're um, one of their, their guards, uh, swingmen, um, who obviously means a lot uh, to this Michigan team. He has tournament experience. Um, I think, yeah, I, was, he on, was he on the team that went to the championship game? Two th- I think that might have been his brother or cousin, but there was definitely a Levers on that team. I thought for some reason the name Carl stands out to me. Carl Levers? I don't know. Could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, no. He, a, senior, uh, a senior who decided to come back for this season. Um, I think we're waiting MRI results. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the, a lot uh, a lot resting on whether he is able to play or not. I think Michigan um, obviously will have no problem uh, making it out of this first-round game. But this 8-9 game, LSU-St. Bonaventures, uh, certainly an intriguing matchup and two teams that I think could give Michigan some trouble if uh, if Levers doesn't go. Uh, the Mich- Michigan uh, would be hurt depth-wise and um, at least with some big game experience as well. I'll tell you, Bob, even if he does um, go, I, I th- St. Bonaventures is legitimately a really, really good team. Um, I've watched them play a bunch of times this year. They've got 
They've got um, some senior leadership. They've got good scorers. Um, they do. They are a little top heavy. They don't play a lot of guys. Um, they basically have have a, a seven man rotation, but it's really like they have their five starters all get more than thirty three minutes a game. So they're they're very dependent upon those guys, but the they are seniors and they are uh, leaders. They're going to have some trouble um, against a lot of size. That would be the one thing I would say because they are a guard laden and a guard heavy lineup. They actually for for a team that that runs out a bunch of guards, they they're not um, they're not deadly from three point shoot from the three point line. They've got two guys who are at about forty percent, and then their best scorer Kyle Lofton, even though he hit uh, I think four threes or three threes in the um, finals against VCU yesterday of the. Uh, of their conference tournament in the A-10. Um, not really a great three-point shooter, but, you know, a, a, a very good overall scorer. He's averaging 14 to 15 a game and five and a half assists. So he's going to be the guy with the ball in his hands most of the time. Kyle Lofton could be a name to uh, potentially mm. remember um, going forward. LSU, very interesting because they had a nice run um, and and kind of played themselves uh, – uh, into the eight seed. I don't know if they were necessarily expecting that. This is a just an interesting as an aside. Um, I've looked at all the second round matchups, and I think I'd rather be a two than a one. I don't see any dangerous seven ten teams. Um, kind of like you see a lot of like mediocre um, big conference guys, like a Florida, Virginia Tech, or Oregon. Um, kind of middle of the road Clemson Rutgers as your seven tens but the eight nines seem to have the makings of all the Cinderella so I think you're going to see in the tournament at least one eight nine team that's going to beat a one team this year. that at least one might maybe two and I I I will go as far as if and now I just looked it up uh Isaiah Livers actually played in the 2018 national championship game as a um, as a freshman, uh, the game against Villanova played 20 minutes okay. in that game. Um, so yeah, his his big game experience could come into play in this tournament. Um, out of all the number ones at this point, um, I think Baylor and Michigan are the two teams uh, who scare me against in these eight nine matchups. Now, just to give a- everyone seems to be looking at that North Carolina Wisconsin winner against Baylor and saying that that's a very dangerous game. That's actually the one I think is the well, least Baylor, dangerous. Baylor, I think it's just um, a, a matchup in styles. Baylor is going to get out and run. If Wisconsin somehow is able to really slow that game down, could yeah. give them trouble. Uh, Carolina, I think, has enough size inside to give. And Wisconsin played the best schedule in the country, yep. so you know that there's something. And, and Carolina, well. um, you know, has enough size where I think they can certainly. If they again they slow the game down, I think they could um, give Baylor some trouble. Uh, LSU just to to kind of go through it. Cam Thomas, uh, if it wasn't for Cade Cunningham, um, I think a lot more people would know who Cam Thomas is. Uh, yep, I mentioned him last week in our uh, top and, five. And uh, he is yeah. certainly someone who can make a bigger name for himself here. If one, he's able to get by uh, Lofton and St. Bonnie's, but. Um, St. Bonaventure is certainly a team that can beat um, LSU. LSU also has a sophomore who missed the tournament last year, Trendon Wofford. And then there's two guys who actually played two years ago in the tournament, um, Javante Smart and Darius Days. Um, 
this is this is this is a tough team. Uh, whether they whether they're a real good team or not, they seem to be inconsistent. Um, but LSU is certainly somebody who can who can beat anybody. Um, and this is a tough second round matchup whether Michigan plays LSU or St. Bonaventures. And and size wise, yep. um, I think LSU probably matches up better with Michigan. But St. Bonaventures can score in in uh, buckets, so they, they, there's always a possibility that. St. Bonaventures could could just get hot in a particular game and beat Michigan. I think. Well, I don't think. Um, I think Oklahoma is is probably the best of the eight nines. I think St. Bonaventures and Loyola Chicago are both very very good. But I also think that Michigan is the if, if weak is the wrong word. So I'll say Michigan is the most vulnerable um, one seed. Um, we'll see what happens with Hunter Dickinson. Um, the, the big guy, freshman big guy on uh, Michigan. He's had a, a, a very good run toward the end of the season uh, um, and has been is, is very, very good inside. We talked about it a little last week. He's kind of like a throwback, sort of plotting old-school big man, but he's very difficult to stop. So a team like Bonnie's, like the Bonnie's, who don't necessarily have the size, um, if Michigan – uh, decides to pound it inside, that could be a long day for, for uh, St. Bonaventures. LSU is a little bit more equipped to handle that. But on the other hand, if it becomes kind of a uh, back-and-forth uh, sort of run-and-gun style game, St. Bonaventures can beat anybody. Yeah, and and also the thing with Michigan, and I'm, I'm looking at the, the Ken Palm numbers, Michigan is actually, according to the Ken Palm rankings, he has Michigan as the number two team in the country. Um, yeah, the, I, I don't, I don't completely disagree with that. I think I understand where he's coming the, from there. The Michigan schedule has been very. I mean, you know, they're a Big Ten team. They played all these other Big Ten teams. The the numbers that um, actually stands out to me though is their is their tempo, the pace of play, uh, which is a big part of um, you know Ken Palm. The tempo is actually in the two hundreds as far as ranked in Division One. Uh, LSU ranked in the 70s, and then St. Bonaventure's at 143. So when you look at teams, sometimes tempo is actually what it takes to knock off a bigger uh, bigger team. If a team's playing slow or tends to play slow and the pace of the game is slow, less possessions, meaning if that team starts missing shots, less chance of it to you know either make a comeback or whatever. We saw this with Virginia uh, three years ago when they got knocked off in the opening round against UMBC. Just a low possession team doesn't play a lot of possessions. Now you get down by twenty, you're struggling to come back because you're just not used to playing at that quicker pace. So whether that affects yeah. Michigan in the, in whether it's the you know who they play in the eight nine game or later on in the tournament, that's something that come could come into play is their tempo. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent excellent. Five um, twelve game. Uh, first of all, the five in this in this uh, moving down. The five is to me, is a team that a lot of people I'm starting to see uh, kind of make some noise about is Colorado. Uh, They face the Big East champs, Georgetown, who, if you're a Big East fan, this Georgetown team has just been sneaky all season, and I think it just, and I said it on the last spot, it seems to be just kind of coming together for them over the past um, past few weeks, they they've had a very strong end to the season, even before the Big East tournament, and they have a ton of size to go along with it, and some veteran guys who I think have been waiting for these bigger moments. So this is an intriguing matchup to me. 
Yeah. So a lot of the public money has gone behind Georgetown. They've become a very public team uh, against Colorado. Colorado is the one team from the Pac-12 that I really think um, that I really respect more than um, more than all the other ones. Truth be told. So I like Colorado in this game and I like going against the the public money because I think that they're I'm I'm a seller of Georgetown. I understand that they, they won their conference tournament, but I think when you look at the teams they played, the Creighton win is the only one I find to be impressive. It took a kind of a miracle comeback against um, Villanova to even True. get past the first round of that tournament. They were they finished where they finished in the Big East for a reason. They weren't a great team for the course of the season. Um, you know, if, it, if they were down four points with you know very little time left in the game against Villanova and ended up hitting a, a three, hitting a turnover. A very very questionable foul call um, with four seconds to go that got them two free throws and credit to the kid who made them. He made both free throws and they ended up winning that game by a point. But I, I look at Georgetown and I don't see the same thing that everyone that a lot of the other people are seeing that as like Georgetown is this team on the rise. I think they won a couple big big games. They beat Creighton. Good for them. I'm not that impressed with them beating Seton Hall. No, no offense to uh, to any of the Pirates, but. It's, I'm not. Uh, I'm not fully sold on Georgetown here in the five twelve game. I like Colorado. Yeah, well, actually, the the one thing that I, I like about Colorado here um, is actually the two wins that they have against USC. Uh, two teams that have we we already spoke about this in the West region. USC has size. Uh, they also have impressive skilled size in 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 the Mobley brothers, um, and Colorado beat both USC seventy two to sixty two at USC. And won eighty to sixty-two in the home matchup for Colorado. So those type of things to me mean the size matchup doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot to them. Uh, Colorado also um, Georgetown's like metrics don't necessarily match up either. They're um, in the eighties offensively, forties defensively. Uh, Colorado, on the other hand, I think is top twenty-five offensively, top thirty. I mean, they're they're the better team here. Um, and I agree with you. There's just a lot of love for what people have seen lately in, in, in Georgetown. And, you know, I, I think they're one of those teams who might have just peaked during conference championship week. Yeah, I don't um, I don't disagree with that take whatsoever. Um, again, I'm, I'm all about Colorado in this game. All right. We um, we pick up. Um, the bottom half of that uh, pod, we have the four seed Florida State uh, going against UNC Greensboro. Yeah, um, Florida State's always a very interesting team in the tournament because Leonard Hamilton's teams play excellent defense um, in spurts. Sometimes they, they forget and they give up a lot of points, but they're capable of playing excellent defense because they're always long and and um, force a lot of turnovers, take some risks and some chances. Um, I've looked at Greensboro's schedule and i'm not terribly impressed by it um eight losses is a lot of losses from mid-major uh i i'm surprised that they're a 13 seed actually if, if we're being honest um i think florida state is uh is more than capable of handling this game uh and i'm expecting a florida state win here so i'm gonna go chalk with the bottom part of this little pot here and have a florida state colorado matchup that i think will be an excellent game Florida State also, by the way, is is the kind of team that is completely capable of making the Elite Eight or the Final Four uh, just because they play 
so they could they can beat anybody if they happen to be playing great that particular evening yeah florida state um this year more so than ever uh just so much size on this team um from their guards obviously all the way to their um more typical uh taller and lengthy uh front line they have very tall guards on this team um you mentioned how good they they normally are defensively on those leonard hamilton teams this year's offensive team is actually uh offensively just they're they're much more consistent than they normally have been. Um, I think they're still very tip, like very atypical of a Florida State team, and that they don't really have um, a, a guy who fills it up. Um, it's more just balanced across their five, um, and you know, going to their bench with who who puts up points for them. Uh, but yeah, UNC Greensboro, d- there, there's nothing that I'm seeing here with them that impresses me. Um, offensively or defensively, there's no necessarily metrics that backs up any sort of upset. So um, I, I like Florida State to move on here, um, and I like to get, I like them to go past Colorado um, into the Sweet 16 as well. And I think they could give whoever comes out of that top um, that top pod uh, trouble as well, whether it be Michigan or, or one of those teams that we talked about earlier, the LSU or St. Bonnie's. Um, yeah. Going down to the next pod, a uh, lot to talk about here. Um, yeah, I was going to say I love the bottom part of this pod because I, well, mostly because of the uh, the the different matchups. I could, I think you could say that that in to get to the elite eight from the bottom part of this, you it could be one of. I wouldn't be surprised with one of six teams getting there. Yeah. Uh, so just to just to give you give everybody the uh, the matchups here, we have six. Uh, the sixth seed, the BYU BYU Cougars, who came out of the uh, WCC um, as the runner-up. Uh, we have, and then we have they're playing the the, the play-in game of the 11th seed, Michigan State against UCLA, two college basketball blue bloods, uh, and they get the uh, they'll play the winner of the 3-4 game, uh, which was Texas uh, against Abilene Christian. Yes. Uh, so BYU, we, we, we spoke last uh, week about them. And I, <laughs> I, I specifically said we were talking about Texas and BYU. I said BYU is the kind of team that could get a six or a seven seed and somehow find themselves matched up against the Texas team that plays well in the Big 12 tournament and ends up as a three seed. And, and I would like a team like BYU in that game. Randomly, that's sort of what is, how it's shaped out. The problem is they have to do a lot more work to get to that Texas game than I was necessarily anticipating. I wasn't thinking they were going to be going up against uh, a battle-tested Michigan State team or um, or UCLA. UCLA, I think they can handle. Michigan State, um, who I expect to beat UCLA, that's going to be a heck of a game, Michigan State versus BYU, because Michigan State, if you look at the second half of their season, they've got wins against some of the top teams in college basketball. And... And which really saved their season and got them into the tournament. They're the, I guess, the third to last team to make it, something like that. Fourth to last team to make it. They're obviously playing in a playing game. Um, and BYU, we know, finished the season super strong because they went up against Gonzaga. Um, I like BYU uh, to beat Michigan State, but man, I think it's going to be a close game, and I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan State went to the Sweet 16. And Michigan State, as an 11 seed, completely capable of winning, of getting to the Elite Eight, completely capable. They've already beat Michigan this year, completely capable of making it all the way to the Final Four as an 11 seed in a plan. 
which you know you don't. Very so often since see. these play-in games have actually started, 2019 was the only time a team from the play-in game didn't make it um, into the Sweet 16, or no, sorry, yeah. uh, into the round of 32. So not only one, yeah, win yeah, at least one, one game beyond just that what would normally be the Tuesday or Wednesday night game. Um, and so 2019 was the first time that that did, didn't happen. Um, and when you look at it here, yes, uh, BYU kind of really getting in a tough spot because whether they were deserving of a five, whether they would have preferred to fall back to a seven, uh, you don't want to face either one of these teams. I know Michigan State, you just went through it. Um, UCLA, ton of size here for them, and they also have a, a real good shooter in, in, in Johnny Jazang. Who uh, who could certainly lead them past uh, Michigan State here? But Michigan State, they do have um, they have the experience in the backcourt. Rocket Watts, um, Aaron Henry. This this is a team that, like you said, they could go beyond just the just you know the round of sixty four, the round of thirty two. Uh, I don't think there's really much to to be said here against Texas against Abilene Christian. I'm seeing Abilene Christian. Um, Defensive metrics certainly are there, but I think Texas has played well enough, um, and they have the depth um, with their scoring um, from their guards that I think uh, you know they'll they'll be in the round of 32. Um, but whether they get BYU, Michigan State, or UCLA, we are going to get a hell of a, uh, a round of 32 game. Yeah, I think um, I- I'm going to take BYU or Michigan State, depending upon who it is. But I, I'm going to say BYU right now to beat Texas in that game and make it to the BYU to just to remind folks. This this region shapes up really nicely for BYU if they can get past the first round because I think they're completely capable of beating. Like they, they've got the best possible three seed to play for them, the best possible two, seven, ten teams to play for them in my mind. I, I, I think Alabama is obviously a better team, but – you know, BYU, if they're hitting their threes like they played against Gonzaga in the first half, they, they can match well, up with the, anybody. The thing to remember with them is they do have a seven-foot three-man in in the middle and a guy with tournament experience in Matt Arms. Yep, former yes. Purdue Boilermaker. Uh, we move down to the bottom half um, of the East region. We So uh, we get the 7-10 game, uh, UConn out of the Big East. They go against Maryland out of the um, – the Big Ten, and then the number two Alabama against um, no slouch as a 15 seed, but not a whole lot of games played uh, in the Rick Pitino led Iona Gales. I I think it's great that Pitino got his guys back in the tournament. Like he he went he went back to full circle. He's back on Long Island where he, Westchester where he Westchester belongs. <laughs> or oh, Westchester, sorry, yeah, good point, Westchester. What are we splitting? We splitting hairs here? Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see Rick Pitino back in the tournament. I don't think he has enough horses to beat Alabama. Um, but they do play that Pitino style. Like he's always dangerous with a with a team that's not um, necessarily a blue blood team. It's like he's done it with the whether it was the Providence team he took to the Final Four in '87 with Billy Donovan as his point guard or the Kentucky team in 91 and 92, 91, they weren't, they couldn't make the tournament because of, uh, because of, uh, uh, suspension issues and 92, uh, they did make the tournament. They lost the, the greatest game ever to Duke in the elite eight, but 
He knows how to take a team with less talent because he didn't have scholarships on those Kentucky teams. He's done it with a couple of the Louisville teams that he's made a run with where he's had teams that have less talent. And what he what he does is they're in the best shape of anybody in the tournament. He can press if he wants to press or he can run if he wants to run. And he really is a, is a master. His best skill as a coach is figuring out the one thing that his guys are good at and, and exploiting that and using that to uh, – to win games, but I, that all that said, I, I think Alabama wins this game. And in the top one, I'll take uh, Connecticut over Maryland. Connecticut over Maryland, uh, certainly two teams who I just think, uh, I, at this point, and UK, UConn played uh, fairly well. They had to really work uh, down the stretch to get in uh, to get the wins. They finished at fifteen to seven, and Maryland, I guess, was the same way. Although as a ten seed, they obviously were at least far enough in on the committee's mind uh, to get 16 and, thir- uh, 16 and 13. They they have played some of them at uh, 29 games have played some of them more than most. Um, but I think these are just two teams who they went in more because there was less games for smaller conferences to kind of make their mark. There wasn't a huge, there wasn't a huge non-conference uh, schedule and a lot of these smaller conferences didn't play non-conference games. So the wins weren't there to propel somebody else in, and Maryland and UConn uh, benefited from it. Yeah, um, I, 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 it's a strange thing here because I look at the Big Ten, and you have Michigan State as the last team from the Big Ten that gets in. But I, I really don't understand how Michigan State's an 11 in a play-in game, and Rutgers and Maryland are both 10s. It's not like either of those two teams have spectacular records. The records on all three game, all for all those teams are very similar. Yep. And I just I wonder how the the committee could look at the body of work for all three of those teams and the wins that Michigan State has versus the wins that Rutgers and Maryland have, and think that Rutgers and Maryland belong in the seven ten games and Michigan belongs in an eleven playing game. Michigan State rather belongs in a, the eleven playing game. I I agree with that a hundred percent. Is that uh, I, it's it's there you're really splitting hairs between some of these teams, specifically those Big Ten teams, like you just said, and where they are. Um, and unfortunately, Michigan State just winds up in a um, in a tough spot because it's not an easy playing game um, with UCLA. It's not like you're you're getting a slouch there. Um, I, if in this game, to me, the UConn Maryland game, it just comes down to best player on the floor. Uh, Boke Wright to me for UConn is um, is that guy in that game. Um, I it, to me it doesn't matter. I like Alabama um, to to really run by both Iona and then either UConn or Maryland. And I like so do I. I like Alabama to just sort of coast into the Sweet Sixteen. And and beyond that, and I know we had Ori. You know, mentioned it with all these teams: uh, Texas, BYU, Michigan State, UCLA. Um, I think Alabama gives all these teams trouble. Um, I think they they what happened in the Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve tournament, um, where you know their semifinal game against um, oh, who was it against? Um, I mean, they were down. Which, which team are you talking about? Oh no, the game the against LSU. They, they, yeah. They, oh, the SEC, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. The SEC semifinal, um, they really got tested. It looked like they were going to lose against LSU and then played. Oh, had... uh, no, Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee, uh, yes. Yeah, Alabama was playing Tennessee. They were down nine points in the second half. Um, 
and and you're right. They they were really tested and they came back and, and, and showed some some grit and then uh, took it to LSU. In the and final. and a guy that we didn't actually mention was uh, Herbert Jones. I know I was I was raving about the the three guards and Quinterly, Shackelford, and Petty. But this Alabama team, to me. Uh, really has the makings of a Final Four team. And Michigan, um, I think, if whether they're the team that comes out of the top part of this region or not, um, I think Alabama, for me, is the team in the East. Yeah, I, I've said it before. I think Michigan is probably the most vulnerable one. I, I, it's There's some tough matchups for them. And I actually say that as someone who's, who's been pumping Michigan for a while, and I really do like Michigan uh, – as a team, but yeah, that some of the matchups are, are could be potentially difficult for them, including Alabama if they were to uh, if this thing was to go chalk and they were to meet them in the Elite Eight. But Michigan's got a, a road to tow before they get there. Oh yeah, for um, sure. And, and, and truth be told, same with Alabama. Yep. Alabama's going to play BYU, Michigan State, or Texas, and you know that those that's a very difficult game for anybody. Even even UConn is going to try and get that game slow, ugly. Uh, Danny Hurley, old school Big East. They're going to try and really, really grind that game down. Um, and if the game slows down, uh, who knows? Um, but Quinterly right now was seemingly on a on a different level, and it must make uh, Whisker Nation uh, a little jealous to see a, a guard uh, playing so well, uh, a former Nova guy who couldn't touch the court there. Yeah. No offense to my Nova listeners. I know there's plenty of them out there. But uh, yeah, it would it would be real nice to have a guard like that in your backcourt right now? We'll get to Villanova when we uh, when we discuss the South. But man, poor Villanova. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anything else you want to say here in the East. No, that's about it. I think we covered it. All right, that is the East Regional with Bill and Bob's bracket busting bonanza. We'll be back with the South Region. All right, see you in the South, Bob.